1: FM Talk Podcast.
3: Welcome back and a happy Monday. Glad you're with us on this eighth day of January. Remember to download the podcast later for anything you missed. And uh, because we've been here since five, not quite sure where you've been, but we're happy you're here now. I'm Mark Cox, along with Kim St. Ange, Carl Middleman, uh, Sue Thomas is uh, joining us as well. And uh, we are uh, working on a couple of stories right now, including the fact that Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, got swatted yesterday, and we've uh, got a message in uh, to him now, uh, and we're hoping to get him on the phone. Because uh, imagine sitting at home with your family and having armed SWAT teams show up at your door. Uh, My question would be, uh, who thinks that's funny? And – Somebody did it to Jay Ashcroft, so we're hoping to get him on the phone here shortly. We've got Jesse Jane Duff coming up. we got Tom Ackerman at the bottom of the hour on the uh, national championship game that's coming up tonight as well. But, Carl, first, why don't we uh, why don't we get to the short list? How about that? The Mark Cox short list.
2: Two-thirds of Republicans nationally support Trump's calls to pardon those who forced their way into the Capitol. Some
4: people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the J-6 hostages, Joe.
3: All right. President Trump on a little bit of a roll last night in Iowa. And boy, the left's hair is on fire about that one this morning.
4: The defense, protection and preservation of American democracy will remain as it has been the central cause of my presidency.
3: Sleepy Joe Biden promising you that he will continue persecuting his political opponents and jailing them if need be, uh, if he remains president of the United States.
0: In a letter today to parents,
5: the school superintendent at in Christian school in Sioux City announced certain staff members
3: will be armed on campus. Isn't that about time? That's out in Iowa. My question is why doesn't every school district in America do the exact same thing.
0: So will you only commit to certify the results if, if they're president constitutional? Trump wins? If they, Does that mean it if former president Trump No, it wins? means if they are constitutional.
3: Wow. Wow. Did you hear Kristen Welker on there with, with Elise Stefanik uh, this weekend? I got to play you some more of that coming up here shortly because I'm, I'm just telling you. Um, she is demanding to know if this member of Congress would vote to certify the election, even if she didn't believe the election was fair. Who would, who would commit to that in advance? I don't know the answer to that, but uh, we, we'll talk more. I want you to hear a little bit about what Stefanik said to her, so stay tuned, and we'll play some of that for you. Right now, we have got Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, on the phone, and uh, glad we could get him at the last minute. We appreciate that. Mr. Secretary, welcome in. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, I saw – Kim and I both saw your, your tweet late last night, I think about 10 hours ago now. Tell us what happened overnight when you your family was swatted.
4: Uh, Yeah, I was downstairs. I was at my house. My kids were doing some thank you notes from Christmas. Uh, Unbelievably enough, I was actually trying to get some exercise, run on the treadmill, and um, got a mysterious phone call. Turns out it was a police officer that was uh, trying to get a hold of me to see if things were okay, and it ended up with. me walking out of my house with all my lights on and my hands up and nothing in my hands to uh, five or six police officers in the dark of the night that were armed to the teeth that uh, had been told that the inhabitant of this house had shot and killed his wife and had uh, evidently shot other people and it was a little scary but uh, I gotta tell you the Jefferson City Police Department as far as I can tell handled it with an extreme amount of professionalism and I'm just so thankful that they handled it well and uh, that no one was hurt.
5: Wow. Yeah, we're so glad that you and your family are safe. I, this is getting absolutely out of hand. Obviously, you're the latest victim of this the swatting situation, but it sounds like a bunch of other politicians I know have been dealing with this, too. It's like the new trend for people.
4: It is unfortunate that this is being done. Um, I think it shows why it's so important that we support our police, that we have good police officers. Uh, because, you know, it's dangerous for someone when they're swatted, but it's also dangerous for the police officers. They don't know what sort of a situation they're going into. They don't know if it's real or not. And um, I just am, am so thankful that, you know, they were not they were careful, but they, uh, they it just it could have been so much worse if, if they hadn't been so well trained and so calmed and and handled the situation so well. Well,
3: you know, Mr. Secretary, with enhanced 911 and all the other. Things we have these days, what what are they doing to track down the jerk that would do something like this? That's criminal.
4: Yeah, it is criminal, and I, I I'm certain uh, that the the, the Jersey police officers well, police officers will do a great job of looking into that, um, and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, I also hate the fact that they have to deal with this. When there are other people that have crimes being committed that they could be spending that time on it. My neighbor said that there were like eight police cars outside my house. Think of the resources that were wasted because of this false call, not because the police did something bad uh, that could have been used to help other people that truly were in need.
3: Wow. How's your family doing? I I mean, I I can't imagine Uh, what your kids would be thinking after something like this where, you know, you had to walk out of the door and there were seven armed officers out there.
4: You know, I I don't know that we've fully come to grips with it, honestly. Um, I know that my kids had real trouble sleeping last night, which, hey, if that's all that happens, that's that's far better than it could have been. Um, you know, I'm just not sure it's sunk in. I know it started to sink into my wife when I turned to my wife because I didn't actually know who I was talking to on my phone. It could have been a police officer. could have been someone else. And I said, hon, I don't know what's going on, but I need you to get the kids upstairs. And in the back room, I'm walking out to see what happened here.
3: Wow. Yeah, well, I I... Mean, you know we we all see the the some of the nasty trolling that goes on on Twitter. You obviously have chosen to uh, public service. Not only is there Secretary of State, you are a candidate for governor, you've you've been vocal in, you know, in, on election issues and and other things like that, Trump being on the ballot. I mean, it's hard to tell where this attack might have come from, right?
4: You know, it, it is. Um, I really hope that if they find out who it was, we find out it wasn't someone from Missouri. One of the things I've loved about serving in Missouri is that you hear about all these weird things. And 99.9% of the time, they're California, they're New York, they're someplace like that. They're not Missouri. I like to think that Missouri is better than this. And I hope that when this is resolved, it'll just prove that Missourians are better than this. Well, they wow. have
5: to find your address really quickly, right? Because if they're trying to target these politicians, for example, <laughs> they would have to know your address to give them that. It's not like they can say, "Oh, Jay Ashcroft's house had this," right? I mean, they need to say, "Go to this address. This is where it happened."
4: Yeah, my understanding is they did not use my name. Um, they just used the address, and my address is public. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've you know I've I've always tried to be the most accessible. Uh, elected official people ever know, because I want to be about public service, and um, you know, just bad people are going to do bad things, and I'm so thankful that there are people that, you know, are are there at 24 hours a day to protect us. Our law enforcement that they handle it so well. I mean, that's that's the real story, is that one side hates the police and says we need to fund them. Those of us that have had to, that have dealt with them and have been in trouble, we know how wonderful it is to have well supported. Uh, well-trained, wonderful men and women that are willing to put their lives on the line to protect the rest of us. Yeah, it's
3: a great point. Mr. Secretary, we're glad you and your family are safe. Sorry for what you had to go through. Oh, my. Thanks. You have a great day. Yeah. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Jay Ashcroft there uh, phoning in this morning. It was a it was a late ask, but I reached out to him and said, hey, you would come on and describe what happened. Mm-hmm. How horrifying.
5: His poor kids hearing oh. your dad. I don't know if they were. In fact, I don't know if we asked this. Like, if, did he hear megaphone saying, come out with your hands above your head?
3: Well, he said he, he was on the treadmill and his phone rang and it was a, mm-hmm. a police source contacting him to see if everything was OK. Uh, and then when he walks out, of course, the officers are outside. So, um, wow. I just it's frightening that people are that low life to do something mm-hmm. like that. That's just, regardless of your your politics. I mean, wh- who would do that?
5: It's a criminal charge, like you said. I, I hope they track down these, you know, yeah. idiots Yahoos. who are doing these calls. Yeah, <laughs>
3: or the word you were thinking <laughs> about using that you stopped you. before mm-hmm. you said it. I, I get it. I get it. Trying. Yep. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Jesse Jane Duff about the president's comments yesterday regarding a J six. We'll be right back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it
4: And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison.
2: I am hard,
0: but I am fair. Good morning, Motivator. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. Take the hill. We got a long
3: week. All right, Jesse Jane Duff. Listening to Joe Biden yesterday, I wanted to jump through the TV set that he's bragging about the persecution of of of, of all these American citizens <laughs> and accusing them of trying to overthrow the United States government without any weapons. It's it's just amazing what, to me.
0: It, yeah, it's amazing to me that he actually then accuses his opponent of basically Marxism, would overthrow the country, there'll be a loss of democracy. I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he threw every insult in the book at Donald Trump as if he would become a dictator. Meanwhile, he's bragging about being a dictator. First of all, I dare to say when the left says or anyone says, even those on the right, well, they pled guilty. Here's one thing that every American should realize now at this point. Many, many people end up pleading guilty, possibly usually to lesser charges, because the cards are so stacked up against them yes. that they cannot even afford the legal fees. For example, Chris Christie often brags about his prosecution rate, and it's well over 90%. But what happens often for those who do not have the to fight in court, sometimes running up into thousands, if not even close to a million dollars. They have to plead out so that they can at least get off with lesser charges. I'm not saying every criminal out there has been not guilty. That is not even what I'm trying to suggest here. But when you have a Department of Justice that has been so aggressive, to paint a picture and paint a narrative and stretch the law. Look at this. They're using the uh, RICO cases down there in Georgia against Donald Trump. That was used against the mafia, for goodness sake. They stretch all of the charges to a point where we're all Gumby. Mm -hmm. we, We become Gumby dolls with law to ensure that we can prosecute people. And here he's bragging about this in a manner that sounds to me more like the very allegations he's making against, Donald Trump's dictatorship uh, kingdom democracy has fallen because now Americans don't stand a trance, particularly those that were peacefully protesting right. many of them should have been charged more than trespassing charges
3: yeah, yeah. D-
5: did you guys see the MSNBC anchor crying yeah. talking about the January 6th anniversary oh wait
3: a minute are you talking about this guy hang on hang on
6: I'm going to try to get through this um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this
2: third anniversary.
3: Jonathan Capehart <laughs> was, was wow. breaking down in tears last night while talking to, I believe it was a, a police officer from Washington, D.C.
0: I think so. Oh, my goodness. It's like you wouldn't have made a very good Marine now, would you have? You know, that crime doesn't cut it like boo hoo. Give me a break. Not only that, we have one of the police officers. uh, Forgive me, I've forgotten his name uh, now going to run for Congress in Maryland. And he's exploiting how he stood by America on January 6th. Of course, he's running as a Democrat. And it's quite embarrassing because when you look at a lot of his testimony, they have found that there's massive conflicts in many of the things that he said in front of Congress. So I dare to say a lot of this is going to backfire on a lot of these people. They have overstretched their hands. We now have a lawsuit going out by Judicial Watch representing Ashley Babbitt's family or husband um, for the unlawful killing of Ashley Babbitt. That, uh, That officer was never held accountable, did not identify himself, did not even see beyond his target, which is rule number one, you never fire a weapon if you can't even, let alone, he said he couldn't even see who it was. I mean, you just don't fire at anything, let alone not seeing beyond your target. Um, I This is just nothing but shambles, and the Supreme Court case that is coming up that will actually look at some of these J, I believe AJ6 case, which could consequently overthrow a lot of this, well, hope so. will hopefully help change this narrative to truth. I dare to say there are people that probably should be in jail. We saw people that were breaking windows. Right. Um, but I dare to say they've already served their time. My goodness. You know, it's, breaking a window compared to what happened at the BLM riots when they are burning down buildings is quite different. It's true. Um, I'm not going to say everybody w- walked in there innocently, but the majority of those people, you see them behind those yes. ropes being escorted around. They've exploited this as a narrative to go against Donald Trump. But they're going to lose because American people are actually getting more sympathetic when they know that this injustice has occurred. Yeah. And they're very deeply DOJ has been weaponized against them.
3: Jesse Jane, I'm out of time, but I always appreciate yours. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody, take the hill. It's going to be a long week. We got Joe Biden trying to figure out what year it is.
3: Yes, it is. All right. And uh, we're going to be back with uh, Tom Ackerman at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned.
6: A great sports mind like Tom Ackerman. Baseball's really
1: not a hard sport.
6: It is anchor man, not anchor lady. It's
1: like powered by coffee this morning. Sports sponsored by McDonald's. Reminding you to round up your total for Ronald McDonald House charities on your next order.
3: All right! Congratulations to championship-winning coach uh, Tom Ackerman, oh, who oh did his best Gene Hackman speech at halftime and led his girls to victory. Uh, this great, weekend, right?
6: great win for my seventh-grade girls. They won their division in the CNR tournament, went three and zero for the weekend. That's our blue team. Our white team, however, uh, which came up short, but very shorthanded yesterday. Will go down as one of my favorite sports teams ever. I'm not sure that they'll ever run into that situation again. They had injuries, they had um, illnesses, they had you know they were playing in a different location than the blue team. That's how the tournament was scheduled, so it's hard to get everyone in you know mm-hmm. two different buildings. I had to hustle to get to the next two, set of two games. Anyway, I showed up and then we like hardly had anyone there, and I'm like you know they're like ready to tip it. And I'm like well let's go. We're, I'm not going to forfeit. And I only had one girl on the bench and these girls haven't played together before, and we're playing a team that's played like eight games. (laughs) And they just fought and never complained and drank their water and sat down (laughs) and got back up and played and played and played their little hearts out, and they will forever be one of my favorite toughest teams I've ever seen. Uh, The championship, they're good. I mean, I'm proud of them, and they've been together since fourth grade, and they just go out and ball, but that Second team, I don't know, man. That one's going to stay with me for a long, long
3: time. You know, I'm proud of the fact that you picked blue and white Kentucky
0: colors oh for your <laughs> team
3: names Mark. instead of red and white for the Hoosiers.
6: Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's blue and white, so
4: <laughs> those Sorry. are the colors. Congratulations. Yeah, That's no, awesome, man. It. So
6: you know, we're going to, you know, it's early. That's a preseason tournament. So we learned a lot <gasps> about Ooh, ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. we're ready to start the regular season now and see what we got. See love it! Got. I love Another it. team in blue and white is not doing well. The Billikens—they're seven and eight. A uh, chat with them, and uh, you know they are still banged up and injured, so they just got to get everyone back on the floor. Kentucky looks good. Indiana—nice win over Ohio State on Saturday mm-hmm. night, so we're happy on our side of things. So, uh, Mizzou not so good—they lost to Georgia. Illinois—great battle against Purdue. My goodness, I mean Purdue, number one team in the country. Illinois is getting whooped in that game. They come roaring back. And they're shorthanded. Yeah, they are. And they come back and nearly pulled off a stunner. But uh, Purdue got the win. Still think Purdue's the best team in the country. But I think they will be proven again that they're the best team in the regular season. When you get into the tournament, some of these teams can just outrun you. I don't know if Purdue has the horses to be able to do that. They've got an incredible center in Zach Eadie. But, you know, they got bounced in the first round last year for a reason. I think UConn's the best team in the country. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about football tonight? Are you paying any attention to this I national totally championship am, yeah. game? Yeah. So, I, you know, my heart pulls for Washington in this one because Michael Penix is a former Indiana quarterback. Uh, he was our quarterback at IU for two years. He transferred after a couple of injuries to Washington following Kalen DeBoer. Kalen was our offensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach at Washington. I mean, you're going to follow your play caller, and the guy, I totally understand. And I don't think Indiana fans are upset at all, and they'll be rooting for Pennix tonight, and nobody at IU likes Michigan. That said, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Michigan's number one for a reason. They're, they've been a great team all year. The thing to watch in this game is, well, two things. Pennix, you will not be able to take your eyes off of him. He is a tremendous quarterback. He loves to just drop back and fire and let his receivers go get it. It's like we used to play in the backyard. You know, wow. you run down here and I'll just throw it to you. <laughs> and that's how they play, and they're fun. And I think they will jump out to a lead on Michigan tonight. But Michigan is just so solid. They run the ball well, they play great defense. The thing to watch is that line. Michigan's defensive line dominated Alabama, which was shocking to me. Blew him off the ball. Alabama had no chance. Washington's got a good offensive line. They protect Penix pretty well. Washington doesn't even run the ball, really. They just say, you know, this is what we do. (laughs) We drop back and throw. So I think it's a fascinating matchup. If I had to guess, I would say Michigan wins it. Um, They are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That seems like kind of a big number. Um, But,
3: you know, we'll see. I'll I'll be pulling for Washington, though. Yeah, I would say, other than hardcore football fans, a lot more people are more aware of Michigan, right? They've sure. seen, they've watched Michigan more. Yeah, Washington's on the West Coast, it, and yeah, the games start I, at 9 So o'clock. we may see some surprises tonight that we're not expecting. I think you're going to yeah. really like this
6: Washington team. <clears throat> they, And they've played in a lot of close games. Another one was the Texas game. They, they, they find ways to win games, and Michigan has played a great and a perfect schedule, but they've not seen a quarterback like this before. However, uh, this year, However, I will say that Michigan has faced Pennix before. Harbaugh has faced Pennix before when he was at Indiana, so he knows all about him. They've they've seen him before, but this season, Michigan hasn't faced an offense like they're about to see. So I think it'll be uh, a great matchup from that standpoint. Michigan probably their best course to victory is to not get caught up in some sort of shootout with Washington. Just yeah. do what you do, run the ball, run the clock, pound them, be physical. And you should win the game. But crazy things happen in college football, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I'll be rooting for Washington.
5: I always root yeah. for the underdog. I, just, uh, they I are, just love a good underdog They story. are the dog.
6: And uh, the other storyline I like about this game is that neither team has won a title since the 90s. Michigan hasn't won a national championship since 1997. That's wow. a long wait for Didn't that realize fan base. That. Yeah. Washington, which has a great fan base as well, has not won a national championship since 1991. So someone's going to walk away with a title for the first time since the 90s. That's what you want. You want new blood. Mm -hmm. You want some new blood around You're
5: tired of like Alabama winning all the time. Yeah, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State.
6: We got it. You know, you guys are good. Got it. (laughs) People Uh, say
5: that about the Cardinals, though, and we're like, no, it's fine. We're like 11 and 11. And then we kept saying, oh, we need another World Series. They're like, we're sick of you winning. No, you're
6: right. They got sick of us. They got, they got to the point where people hated the Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Hate. We were like the Patriots where we didn't win yeah. every year, but we were always you won in it. a lot, it. Yeah, yeah. And people started to hate. You don't hear that as much anymore. Which uh, is kinda, yeah. Bring back know. the rally swirl. Are you Remember running that late here? I'm all right for a couple more Did, minutes.
3: So didn't they pick up another pitcher? Or they that, did. There
6: uh, so. was a sneaky good move actually on Friday. So the Cardinals traded Richie Palacios, who's not going to. He didn't really factor into the outfield rotation, although he probably would have been the fifth outfielder behind Dylan Carlson. For Andrew Kittredge, Kittredge was an All Star in twenty one. He had Tommy John surgery in twenty two, so people kind of forgot about him. But in twenty three, he came back late in the year, looked good, then pitched for them in the playoffs. And typically, after Tommy John, there is an adjustment period, and then you should be stronger. After that, he throws hard, throws a sinker at 95, so it drops hard in the zone, throws a nice tight slider, and he throws them for strikes, so he'll get strikeouts. And that's what they need is another strikeout pitcher in that pen. I talked to John Mosaylock yesterday. He did not close the door on making another move in the bullpen, nor did he say, I'm finished looking for a starter. He would not use those words. He said right now, you know, it's hard to tell somebody that they're not starting, he goes, but we'll see. So hey, he left the door open again. I still think they're shopping, and if the right move comes along and they feel like they can strike, they will do it. Good. Yep.
3: It's exciting. It's good. It's good news. I'm glad they're still moving forward because they got they gotta have that to get people's confidence up again. They do. I mean no the doubt.
6: fans <clears throat> you know, the fans understand what they had to do. Go add innings and get some veteran starting pitching. They got that. They got what what was expected. Now they want some sizzle. You know, the fans want a little more. They want a little more hope that they've got a team that can go win a World Series. And right now I think the fans are saying, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a team that could possibly win the division, but we want more. We want more. Right. You know, we'll see. It's going to be a big year for Arenado and Goldschmidt, and, you know, these guys aren't going to be together forever. So it's a big year for everybody to deliver. It's so There's some pressure on the team in that way, but I think they embrace that. All right. Tom Ackerman, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Thanks
3: for man. coming down. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're going to get a quick break here. We're going to be back in just a minute. Uh, America. That's what I love right there, baby. That was the uh, world junior hockey team for the United States. After beating Sweden six to two, they joined arms on the ice and they sang the national anthem. They didn't take a knee. They didn't go to the locker room like the wimps on the soccer team. The female uh, females on the World Cup soccer team. I, I that was great. I mean, that sent a chill down my spine. Yeah, you when see, I stage, watched that.
5: Sage Steel was blasting ESPN for not
3: covering it, saying, "Yeah, why? why yeah, why did you cut away from that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question." Holy cow. Yeah, good for them. Blues uh, congratulations. Had, uh, blues had a player on that team and two players on the second place team. Really? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Snuggerund.
0: What, what? You're gonna be Jimmy here. Is... I thought they were juniors. The last name? Yeah, they are.
3: World juniors. World juniors. Yes. So they were from the Blues My, minor league No, team? these are... Prospects. Oh, prospects. And okay.
5: They didn't sound Good. fantastic, but I don't care because I'm just <laughs> so kids. I, I know they're kids. You can still sound fine. Yeah. They did not sound <laughs> great. However, I love that they did that.
3: I do, too. I don't
5: care what you sound yeah. like. That Thank was, you.
3: That was fantastic. If you've been worried about other things, like uh, why the president of the United States and the secretary of defense were unaware, uh, or, or the secretary of state was unaware that the secretary of defense— was in the hospital, mm-hmm. in intensive care, and didn't bother to tell anybody at the White House. Yeah, The White House didn't know that the Secretary of State Lloyd Austin was not only in the hospital, but then had to be put in intensive care for an elective procedure that he underwent. Nobody knows what it was. Listen to uh, Secretary Blinken.
4: With uh, regard to uh, Secretary Austin, uh, I wasn't aware of his um, uh, medical issue. Uh, in fact, I, I talked to to Lloyd
3: last weekend uh, for the system. Um, And I know that he's put out a statement addressing it. It's irrelevant if he's put out a statement addressing it. Look at the timeline. So he was in the hospital on January 1st. The strike that took out that terrorist overseas happened during that period of time. How is it that the White House wouldn't have been in contact with the Secretary of Defense or known that he was out of commission and that had been passed on to his underling who by the way was on vacation in like Puerto Rico and had to be called and said guess what you're up mm-hmm. because Lloyd is incapacitated currently that's a big problem listen to Rand Paul he he kind of went sideways on him
4: I think it's unknown what medical procedure you're at or what the complications are. But I think what seems to be certain is it depicts a Biden administration that's very aloof, sort of a figurehead that Biden is a figurehead and other people are doing the work and that if an important person like the secretary of defense goes missing for a week or two, no big deal. We don't need to bother the president with this because he's really not in charge anyway. (laughs) I think about it.
3: Yeah. How could how did that happen? And now we don't even know what the... Now everybody's going to want to have to know what the procedure is.
5: Please, God, don't let it be a sex change. <laughs> Please.
3: I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that.
5: He's going to come back Lori Austin instead of Lloyd Austin. The
3: fifth secretary, Lori Austin, is recovering <laughs> uh, after some sort of removal procedure, I guess. Right? <laughs> I, I, I really, really
5: hope not. But you know what? I wouldn't put it past people these he's, days.
3: He's been all in for the wokeness at the academies, mm. and the, maybe he was getting his pronouns fixed. <laughs> Is it possible?
5: That could be it.
3: Getting something lopped off as pronouns? I'm just saying.
5: Lots of things lopped off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We don't know for sure. We're just speculating around here. All right. Hey, have a great Monday. We don't have to worry about snowmageddon tomorrow, so we will see you back here at uh, 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Brian Kilmeade is up next, and then, of course, Annie Fry and Mark Reardon round out the day. Have a great Monday.
2: Get more at 971talk.com.